Oh, Lucas? I don't, I don't know these things. Who's he this engaged is the, to? This is the most grandpa moment you've had on the podcast. It is. I oh. can't believe we're capturing this. Oh, no. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be talking specifically about how pop culture has fared this summer of 2018. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what is your favorite summer movie? I'm Lucas Ryder, designer from Chicago, and I think... Summer movies are really parallel with coming-of-age movies. Totally. Um, and mine is The Way, Way Back, um, which is a 2000, I think, 13, maybe 14 um, coming-of-age movie where a guy goes to spend the summer with his mom and her boyfriend and works at a water park with Sam Rockwell. So <laughs> That's a really, really good one. Um, I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And Lucas, you stole my answer. Really? But, yeah, you sure <laughs> did. But I have a backup. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember really loving The Kings of Summer. Yes, that um, was my backup. <laughs> sure, great. <laughs> um, those those, those seminal movies about like yes. young like teenage white boys having a summer they'll remember is <laughs> obviously like very important <laughs> in both of our minds. Um, I'm sure there's another one that I'm like very clearly forgetting, but those are the two that immediately jump out at me. Oh, that yeah, and the very beginning of Greece, which you know is mm, yeah. more just a song <laughs> and less of a whole movie. Yes, uh, true. <laughs> Lucas, what are you feeling this week? Uh, this week I'm feeling a song called Real Peach by Henry Jameson. Um, he's a kind of a folk singer, very kind of a little bit twangy. I wouldn't put him on the countryside, but he feels a little bit on the countryside. Um, but he's got a song called Real Peach from his album The Wild, which has just really been stuck in my head. Well, if all is fair in love and war So we're not too fall yet, but we're getting to that point to where I'm starting to put together my fall playlist. I'm wanting to wear flannel, and I'm wishing that it were not as hot as it is. Right. And so I'm, and so this song is just, I think, is going to fit perfectly into fall. So that's a great bridge because peaches are a very summer fruit. And, yes. But yeah, the feeling is very fall. I love that, Lucas. I can. 
It reminds me of a song that I would hear like in a really important moment in the TV show. And then I'm like, what is that song? I have to look yeah. it up. <laughs> I can see it being in like Scrubs or yes. something with like a really I thought good community. soundtrack. <laughs> community is also, yeah, that's, a, that's really good. <laughs> right. Oh, what a great pick. Yeah, I really love it. So if you can check it out, it's Henry Jameson on Spotify. The song is called Real Peach. Right. This week, I am feeling kind of a throwback. Um, For the past, like, few weeks, I have been binging old seasons of The Office, the U.S. version. Um, I don't know what got me in this mood, but I kind of just started with season five, and I'm on season seven right now, which I consider kind of the golden years. Um, Five through seven? Yeah. So golden as in... The best years are golden as in, like, the Golden Girls. Like, the like the, it's getting older, and they're still good. Golden as in the characters have reached sort of this really happy point in their lives. So Jim and Pam are already a couple. Um, and Michael, while still being, like, a very humorously flawed character, has reached a point where he's, he's reached that lovable stage where the people in the office are rooting for him versus just despising him. Um, And that's just really comforting to watch. It's when he meets Holly. Um, It's just this age where a lot of the characters are starting to work together more than they're working against each other. And, um, like, yeah, it's just very comforting. It's also, I think... At when the show was probably at its most popular, um, by that at that point the the fandom had grown around it, and so they were like kind of reveling in that like those large audience numbers. Um, it's just a real treat to watch, and now that I'm rewatching it, I'm just, you know, you think about sitcoms you watched years ago, and then you you revisit them, and you're like, oh, you know, some of these jokes don't really work for me anymore. They don't land. They My sense of humor has changed or matured. Um, but then, re-watching The Office, it is amazing how good that show was. I, like, I really didn't remember just how amazing the jokes and the comedic timing were. I think this is a show that's going to really stand the test of time. Now, granted, there are a lot of, like, political and, like, sexist things in the show that I don't know if they could happen in a show today, but because they're being acknowledged as sexist things, like, they're not they're not given the okay in the show's universe, you know, mm-hmm. because the character of Michael Scott is a very flawed character. Um, I feel okay with it, you know? It's just, it's so... So good. Um, I, Steve Carell is truly a genius. And watching, rewatching the show um, as like a late 20 something versus like a 20 year old is really kind of opened my eyes to just how genius he is. Yeah, The Office is, I, I feel like it's kind of cliche to say it's like one of your favorite shows. I feel like it's one of everybody's favorite shows. Sure. But it truly, it truly is up there. Like, I, yeah, we end up rewatching it a lot. And, or just like have it on and stuff like that. And there are truly genius moments in this show. Yeah. And I think you're I think you're right about the kind of that spacing. Like season one is a six season or a six episode arc that is just kind of like getting you in, trying to get this show off the ground. And that one's to, trying to be the British version of yes, the show. Yes, very much so. And then two, three, I'd say four is really kind of situated around Jim and Pam and the will they won't they and kind of the drama around that, which is really good. And I think 
excellent, excellent <laughs> working. But you're right. Like like five, five, six, seven, like all of that starts to be like where they really hit their stride. And it's just everybody's introduced. It's, everybody's there. Everybody's working at the top of their game. It's Steve Carell's show. Like he, I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many amazing players in that show, but he is like, again, the genius of it. And five, six, and seven is when they find the true humanity of Michael Scott. It's where he starts to have doubt in his career. It's when he starts to fall in love for the, the true love for the first time. It's all these like things that really make you love the character and not just laugh at the character. That's true. Yeah. Well, great. Now I'm going to have to rewatch The Office. <laughs> Those are the seasons to start with. Um, yeah. Okay, Lucas, really quick, before we talk about this summer, let's go in or out on a few things. In or out on True Detective season yes. three, starring Mahershala Ali. Yes. So to back it up, I was very in on season one, very out on season two. Season two is terrible, but Mahershala Ali and kind of what they're doing with this, um, I'm I'm loving it. The trailer was great. I'm I'm in 100. Yeah, I was late to season one, but loved it. Never gave season two a chance. Um, I want to be in on season three. Um, I love Mahershala Ali. I want to give this show another chance. HBO has been on a great run lately, and so I want to, like, kind of be a part of the conversation. The trailer itself didn't grab me particularly. Um, I, I, there's a shot of Mamie Gummer in that trailer that I can't help but kind of laugh at. She plays, like, a grieving mother. (laughs) And I don't know what's so funny about it, but there is something truly funny about that image to me. Um, so I, I, I'm I hopeful for this show. I think this is going to be a show where I give it a few episodes and see what the fee- the critics buzz is before I actually yeah. dive in. Yeah. Okay. Another trailer that came out recently is for the film, the Robert Redford film, The Old Man and the Gun. Are you yes. in or out? Suppos- supposedly his final role. Um, well, this is directed by David Lowry, who I love, love his work. He did uh, Ghost Story recently. He did um, Ain't That Body Saints and what the, what's the kid's movie? Pete's Dragon. He did Pete's Dragon. Um, I have loved his movies. He loves working with Casey Affleck, which I know you're not a fan of. But um, I am very pumped about Old Man and the Gun. I'm really really ready for it (laughs) this trailer is really good it's a really really good trailer it's so good that i almost forgot that i don't watch movies with casey affleck in them like (laughs) at the end of the trailer i was like i'm on board let's do this sign me up and then a split second later i was like oh wait a minute wasn't casey affleck in that Mm. and um almost snuck it by you it almost almost got me (laughs) yeah um this trailer looks great i i have um high hopes for this movie i can't wait to hear how it turns out have you seen any of david lowry's movies i don't like i don't know if when no i haven't he had movies out before the casey affleck stuff yeah no i I haven't pete's dragon does um sound really interesting to me um but i just haven't seen i think any of those that you listed yeah Oh, they're so good. Yeah. I, I would at least see Pete's Dragon since he's not in that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do want to check that one out. We're cool for the so we, Lucas and I talked about wanting to do some 
sort of a summer wrap-up. You know, summer is a big time for the year for all things pop culture, TV, movies, music. Um, and we just wanted to take each other's temperature um, and see what the summer was like for us, what we loved, what we hated. Um, so let's start with movies, Lucas. Yes. Did you have a favorite movie of the summer? I, for me, this was hard because like going through um, kind of all the movies that came out this summer, I think overall it was a great summer. I think there was a lot of good stuff that happened. Um, I think I'm going to have to narrow it down to two because it's really two different like summer feelings. Sure. One is Leave No Trace, which I think is truly my favorite movie um, of the summer and of the year so far. Um, it's such just like a quiet, it's been, I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's Ben Foster, um, as a kind of a, a ex soldier kind of living in the wild with his daughter. Um, and it is such just a quiet, awesome film. It's so good. Um, and it came out this summer, but I think my favorite movie experience this summer was Mission Impossible. Mm. Um, I just think like being in the theater and watching that felt so summery to me and was so much fun. How about yours? Um, I mean, it's really easy and kind of boring because I've been saying it so many times to so many people. <laughs> but my favorite movie of the year so far happens to be released this summer, and that's Eighth Grade. Yeah. Eighth Grade, I think, is a really special movie that, like, we're going to look back on and be like, whoa, that, I, mm-hmm. you know, that was a big deal. Um, and, yeah, it's it's really captured my heart from the moment I saw it. I, I'm really excited for how well, how good of a summer it's had, how well it's doing. And yeah. I I have high hopes for it as part of, like, the film canon of the year, you know? Um, Definitely. So, yeah, it's just, it's an easy choice. There's been a lot of movies I love this summer, but none quite capture, you know. And not only... Um, is it a movie that was that was released this summer, but is a movie about the very end of a school year, the very beginning of summer, you know? And mm-hmm. um, and so that also kind of feels very fitting. Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's it, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great movie in the future. I cannot wait for more people to see it. I have been telling everyone to go see that movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so Lucas, do you have a worst movie of the summer? I've heard about a lot of bad movies this summer. I have not gone and seen a lot of bad movies this summer, which I'm quite proud of. Um, <laughs> but I would say the the worst movie that I've seen this summer was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, it was very not good. I had... I didn't have high hopes for it, but I was. I thought maybe you know, there's, it's a different director than the last one. Um, they're kind of taking it in, in a new direction, and it is very bad. It's a very bad movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I avoid those movies, so I, mm-hmm. I don't subject myself to them. Yeah. Um, it's a good call. Sure. Um, How about you? You know, I'm looking through my list of movies I've seen this summer, and the one that I'm about to say. Is, I'm actually kind of bummed that I'm saying it because I wanted this movie to be so good. And I'm not saying that this is – so this is a tricky category for me because worst is, you know, um, subjective. And favorite is not. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, sure. But I mean my worst – I guess technically the worst movie I saw this summer would probably be The Happy Time Murders. Yes, but that's what I figured. <laughs> it, technically. But okay. I didn't hate watching that movie – there's a bizarreness to it and, like, a perviness to it that I really kind of appreciated. Um, and I don't know. Like, I didn't hate watching it. Um, the movie that, like, 
I was the most disappointing for me because I had super high expectations for it and that I just don't think it was a very good movie um, was Support the Girls. Have you seen this movie, Lucas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, like, extremely good buzz about this movie to the point, like, that I thought it was going to be one of my favorite movies of the year. Kind of, like, good yep. buzz. And when I watched it, it has a lot of actors I love, a lot of great performances, I would say. But mm-hmm. the actual filmmaking of it, um, which is really disappointing, it kind of... The whole time I was watching it, I was just kind of off-put. It was very off-put by how it was strung together. The pacing was just really off. I think that was the main issue of the film. Yeah. There are so many things about it that I liked, like the story they were telling, all the actors. Yeah, it was so interesting. And yet the movie itself as a whole, I was just kind of like, this is fine. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to say that movie just because I really thought it was going to be so good. And then it turned out to not be good. Um, And so that, you know, that's always such a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Lucas, we at the beginning of the summer did some box office predictions and participated in slash film cast, the summer movie wager. Yes. Um, And so we were trying to line up what the top grossing films of the summer were going to be. So keeping that in mind that we were, we had our own um, stakes in the game. What was your biggest box office surprise? What is something that you thought like, oh, I didn't really like bet on it that making as much money as it did? I think in general, like we're all surprised by Crazy Rich Asians. Um, yeah, it's been out. It's been out three weeks and already made one hundred and seventeen million dollars, which I would, which I think puts it in eleven or twelfth place for <laughs> the summer, which is incredible for a movie that we did not think. Um, would would make that much money. So I think that that one to me is I think the biggest winner of the box office. But I think for me, like the most surprising, the movie that I didn't think could make that much money is The Meg. Um, yeah. The Meg is at 123 million dollars, which I thought that was going to be like a terrible B movie when the first trailer dropped. Uh, but everyone went and saw it, so it's I, still I think a terrible B movie. I was going to say I think <laughs> yeah. you were right about that. Yeah. But I think yeah. you were wrong about how appealing that would be to people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So uh, it made a lot of money, but uh, I'm not not upset. I didn't see it, but it's uh, it's definitely surprising. Right. How about you? Um, so I would agree with you about Crazy Rich Asians. I had high expectations for it. I thought it would do very well, but it mm-hmm. is still a rom-com. And so yeah. I didn't expect it to do as well as it's doing because of the rom-com categorization. You know, um, yes. you know, being a rom-com and making it into the top 10 of the summer, which it hasn't quite yet, but it's very close. I think if it yeah. had come out like a week earlier, it would be in the top 10. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's more just a matter of how late it was released in the summer and less about how much money it's making. Um, so that one, I, I agree with you. But the one that like really kind of, I think, snuck up on me um, was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, for some reason, I expected it to be in the top 10, but I didn't expect it to be as high in the top 10 as it is. Um, I kind of thought that like, we'd have a little bit more Marvel burnout after Infinity War. And that Ant-Man is, it's a sequel to a movie that, to a character that is not that, you know, people don't care that much about as far as the Avengers mm-hmm. go. 
Um, and all the different Marvel characters, I just didn't think he's going to be the one that people are going to really show up for. I also thought it's a really crowded box office this year, and I thought it would suffer because of that. And it actually did really well. It's number five right now um, with $213 million. Um, I just didn't expect it to beat out, like, Solo, you know, a Star Wars right. movie. Yeah. Um, and Mission Impossible. I really thought Mission Impossible would, like, take over it. Um, but the fact that it's held its own, I think, is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's done really well, and it's done better than the last one, which is very difficult for especially, you know, a sequel like this that's kind of smaller and following Infinity War. I wonder if you just had a lot of people who thought that it, there would be stuff about Infinity War in it, and it wasn't really a standalone movie, but sure. um, it's it's a good movie, and I think I'm, I'm glad people went and saw it. Yeah. Okay, is there a biggest box office disappointment, a movie that you really expected to make a ton more money than it did well for me personally i expected oceans eight to make a lot more money than it did um i don't think it made a bad amount of money i think it did well it just didn't do as well as i was kind of hoping and wanting it to but i think really for me the biggest disappointment was solo Mm -hmm. um like financially it made i mean so far it's made 213 million dollars which compared to like even Rogue One, which is the worst of the new Star Wars movies, box office wise, that made $532 million. So again, it's not done with its run, but it is not going to come anywhere close. Yeah. Um, and so that's, it's sad. It wasn't a movie that I like loved, loved, but I think it's a movie that people should see. And I just want all Star Wars things to succeed. So yeah, I get you. Um, for me, it was Skyscraper from The Rock. Now, that's mm. not a movie I wanted to go see. Um, <laughs> but it is a movie that I thought would be prime for, like, the summer audience. And, yeah. um, you know, it has The Rock. It has, uh, you know, it has kind of like a diehard element. It has a huge, massive building collapsing. Um there's just so much about it. I thought the trailers were really compelling, even though it wasn't my kind of movie. Um, as far as those kind of movies go, I thought the trailers were really good. Mm-hmm. And um, it only made $67 million. It didn't even cross that $100 million threshold. So, um, yeah, I was disappointed. I, I really ex- had higher expectations for that one. Yeah, I did not. But <laughs> I but I, I am surprised because The Rock hasn't really failed with a movie in a long time. Well, like Rampage that, this year, or, earlier, is another one of his oh, failures. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, so he's had two in a row, back-to-backs. Right. Okay. That's also right, kind well, of my surprise was Rampage did poorly, so I thought, oh, he's due for a win. You know, like, yeah, he has yeah. a loss, he has a win. He has a, That's kind of him in his trajectory, true. is that he, he does kind of a bad movie. Uh, I guess that's true. And yeah, then he does pretty successful, and, you know. Yeah. I guess I just don't remember his bad movies, which is what he's going for. Right. <laughs> yeah, he does so, so many that you forget about yeah. the bad ones. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of this summer movie wager, um, it ended uh, this week. It ended, Labor Day was the last day where a movie's dollars could count um, toward the summer movie wager. So um, we have the final tally of who has won. Yes, we do. Who has almost won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tied for That's first, all that matters. <laughs> right, right. Tied for first place. Both you, Lucas, and our dear friend Lawson have 67 points. Yes. And I Luckily, luckily at the end it came through. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was looking real close there for a while that Lawson was going to take it from us, but um the Meg really shifted 
the game around. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very close in second place with 64 points. Um, for a good part of the summer, I really thought I was going to win. And then, uh, you know, Hotel Transylvania just did a lot better than I really <laughs> thought it would. It's true. You are the only person to score, though, with every single movie in the top ten. That's very so, true. Lawson and I did not get any points for the Meg. We yeah. did not do anything there. but Yeah, well. it was a really close game. Um, some of our dear friends who might be listening, who are playing along with us, uh, Josh Tumblin got 61 points. Our friend Lane got 61. Um, your dear wife, Rebecca, got 59. Um, it was a really close game, I would say. It was, yeah. yeah. We were all within a good chunk, like it wasn't too spread out. Yeah, and I think we should also note that you two also tied for the same amount of points with David Chen, the leader of the Slash Film cast. Um, and yes. So, you know, very frequent winner of this movie wager. <laughs> um, and so the fact that y'all yes. tied with him, I think is pretty impressive. We tied with him, but I will say me and Lawson got more correct than he did. So we, <laughs> Lawson and I each got three exactly. Um, and he, but he also he got, got one in the, he got all the top 10 in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, in the way he that y'all did it. I was very happy at the beginning of the summer. Cause I had the first three nailed. Right. Perfectly. And I, yeah. I really thought that was going to. For gonna a long through, part of the but. summer, I had the last three. And I, and it just didn't yeah. hold. <laughs> That's the trickiest part is that those, you know, last few. Mm. Um, those last so few really do mess it up. <laughs> congratulations, Lucas. I'm glad we didn't Thank make you. any bets Thank you. for this one. Yes. Uh, next year. <laughs> that really worked out for me. Um, so let's move on to some summer music. Each year... The kind the buzz is about what's going to be the song of the summer. What is going to be the most the most popular song that takes over everyone's radio station? Um, what song would you say was our culture song of the summer, Lucas? I see, think one's very obvious. See, but. now I'm very curious to hear that answer because I don't know because I didn't listen to a lot of music this summer. Like I listened to a lot of music that I would just you know put on myself, but not a lot of you know music that's just kind of going on. Right. Um. So all of my knowledge of this is coming from uh, what was playing at a restaurant that I was at, or the coffee shops, or at a baseball game, and that, that kind of stuff. So here's my guess. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But right. I have a personal song of song of the summer that I listen to a lot, and then I have ones that I'm assuming might have been a cultural song of the summer. Can't wait One to hear. One is uh, No Brainer by DJ Khaled, Justin Bieber, and Quavo. Quavo, maybe? I don't know. Never heard it. Never, Never once heard, heard it. it. No. Wow. Okay. So not the song of the summer. My other guess would be In My Feelings by Drake. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. And I'm down for you always, KB. Yes. So In My Feelings yes. by Drake is equivocally the song of the summer. It's number okay. one on okay. the Spotify charts for both the US and the, glo- the globe. Um, Got it. It's, you know, it had a meme attached to it. It's just easily in every chart, number one. Um, So I just think that it's very simply the song of the summer. (laughs) (laughs) I never played it myself. I haven't heard of the meme about it. 
and I have only heard it at a baseball game and at a coffee shop that I was at recently, and I was like, you know, this is probably a popular thing. Uh, Lucas, (laughs) you need to look up the meme. Just look up In My Feelings Challenge. Watch a few videos. Like, get a sense of what it is. Oh, wait. Is that the car one where people get out of their car and dance? Yes. That's the... Okay, that's... All right. Okay. A good one to watch. Uh, this they don't get out of their car, but the queer eye guys do the dance. Um, so that mm-hmm. one, that one's good to watch. But the peak of it, after you watch, you get a sense of what they're like. You have to watch Will Smith's version, because Ooh. being Will Smith, I mean, you literally can't top it, and you'll know what that means when you watch <laughs> the video. So nice. <laughs> watch a few, then watch Will Smith. I will definitely do that. I I will catch up on the song of the summer. Um, do you have a personal song this summer that you couldn't stop playing? Yeah, I do. Um, Troy Sivan's new album just came out this week. Um, yes. But the first single he released from that album at the very beginning of the summer was My, My, My. He's released a lot of great singles that I love, um, but that one, man, it really gets me going. Um, and I'm, I'm just super I'm, catchy. I'm such a huge fan of his, and I think that that was like the perfect song to start us off with. It's a great song to dance to, to drive to. So that one, personally, I've been listening to quite a bit, in addition to a lot of his other singles. He's coming out with a song called Revelation, which is on the soundtrack and plays under the trailer of Boy Erased. Um, And I thought it was going to be on his new album, and I was super pumped when his album came out to listen to that and it's not I mean the album's great absolutely but there's just that that it's that song that's like stuck in my head that I can't stop um I, I that I need to listen to to like get it out of my head but it's not out yet it's just in that trailer so I just keep watching that trailer yeah. over and over again Ugh, he needs to come out with that yeah I heard a critic that saw Boy Erased I think at a festival recently say that that song is probably going to get an Oscar nom that um, that's gonna be very awesome to see him man, perform at. If he the Oscars. if Troy Sivan gets an Oscar nomination, I'm gonna my heart will be so full. So, um, do you? What's your personal song of the summer, Lucas? Yes, um, mine is "Playing with Me" by Kyle. Girl, why are you playing with me? Girl, who are you playing with? You've been on that new stuff. I've been on the same shit. Girl, why are you playing with me? I don't got the time for that. Might need me a refund. <laughs> I'ma need that time back. You say you're trying. That song is, I think, one of the most like poppy songs that I've been listening to this summer. But it's just like a really good feel-good song, and it's been stuck in my head, and I can't get it out. Um. Okay. So. I probably could probably talk a lot more about summer music, but we have more to talk about, which is television. Uh, um, yes. This has been a really good summer for television, I feel like. Um, most I say that mostly because I got back into HBO. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, yeah, I, it's been a good summer for HBO. Yeah. I don't know anything else that has happened this summer <laughs> TV-wise because I feel like they have dominated Here's the conversation. Here's the thing. In the summer, I watch three networks. I watch HBO if there's a good show on. I watch all my Bravo shows like I do all year long. <laughs> and then um, I watch Bachelor in Paradise and, you know, The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's been my summer TV pretty much. Um, as well nice. as Netflix, I, of course. All of that except only HBO for me. 
So and Netflix, but mostly Netflix is for rewatching. I don't I don't think I watched anything new that came out on Netflix this summer. Okay, uh, we'll see about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Lucas, what's your favorite new show of the summer? First season of a show, um, fresh to your eyes. Yes. So I I mean sticking with HBO, Sharp Objects and Succession two new shows that came out this summer that I absolutely loved. I'm going to go with Succession. I think that one is brilliant. I cannot wait for it to come back. Um, I think it is excellent summer viewing, even though it takes place, it, what looks like in the winter of New York and England. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really glad you said Succession because I was toying between those two exactly. And yes. when I first... Uh, for most of the summer, I probably also would have said Succession. But now that Sharp Objects has finished, I truly can't get it out of my head. Um, I think Sharp Objects is so incredibly well done and powerful and um, like heart-shattering and spooky and all these things that are like really great for the summer. Um, especially in, like you said, Succession is set in the winter. The winter, Sharp Objects is set in the heat and not even specifically oh, yeah. the summer, but just, you know, I know it is specifically you, the summer because the girls yeah. are out of school, but yep. it is heat and everyone is, you know, wasting away. And that, that show has just taken a hold of my brain and it'll be a while before I think it, it loosens mm-hmm. its grip. Yeah, it it was incredible. Just, I think, expertly done. I love I love that John Mark Valet gets to do these shows where he just does them all himself. He works with a writer, and yeah. it's all just... <laughs> it's It doesn't feel like a TV show. It feels like an event, right. which is really great. You know, I really liked Wild, and I loved Big Little Lies, but this is the first time I've watched one of his, you know, some of his work where I really, I think, appreciate his skills specifically. Um, I think there's a lot of other things about those other projects that make them great in addition to his directing. Um, Mm -hmm. But this show, I mean, of course there's a lot that makes this show great. But his directing, I think, is what makes this show so special. It's true. I just, I think this one lines up with his skill set perfectly. Yeah, totally. Just like his love of like just you know, cross-cutting in um, other things that are happening, other events, memories, backtracking, like that kind of stuff fits perfectly for this story. Yeah. And he does it so well. Um, I Yeah, I think it's a perfect pairing. Yeah, his affinity for, like, natural light and natural... Mm-hmm. Um, set it, the way he sets up his actors and, like, kind of doesn't do cuts, he just lets everything run through, um, I think really fits with the material of the show that everyone... Just, you really feel like they're really sitting in that despair and heat and frustration in a way because they're not, they don't have any of the glamour of a typical television show set up. Um, I I really think, yeah, like you said, it was the perfect fit. Um, Did you have a favorite returning show, a show that, you know, had a a new season that you're excited it came back? Yes. um, I did also sticking with HBO Westworld season two. I was very concerned with how like Westworld was a big hit. Um, it felt like an event. It did not feel like something that was actually a TV show that could, you know, continue to churn out seasons. Um, this really changed my mind on that. I think they've done a really excellent job of kind of continuing it. Um, I have qualms with it. I felt like it was a little, um, it tried to play the audience a lot. Um, but I, I am very excited for where they go with season two or season three. And I really just like how much 
work and care went into season two. It's really, really a beautiful season. Yeah. Um, so since you gave kind of two answers for favorite movie of the summer, I'm going to take uh-huh. this opportunity <laughs> to give two answers for favorite returning show. Okay. Um, and both of these shows are about like really complex women, like fighting with each other, just like really ripping each other apart and putting each other back together in ways that I find so fascinating. And I'm talking about season, the newest season of Glow and Real Housewives of New York City. Um, Mm. First of all, Glow is just, the season two I think was so special. Did you watch season two of Glow? No. See, this is where I wanted to and then never got around to it. So like I I I should and I will definitely watch season two. It's just... In my bucket list. It's everything you loved about season one, just taken up a couple of notches. You know, the characters, we get more in-depth about um, their storylines and their inner lives. And um, they get put through new struggles that make them tear apart as a team and come back as a team. Um, I think Mark Maron is doing great work on there. And of course, Betty Gilpin and Allison Brie are just like holding down the fort, doing some of the most interesting acting, I think, that is on television. Um, I think Glow is... People... I'm glad that it got some Emmy attention this year, um, and I hope that it either wins one of those Emmys and that it gets a lot more of, like, deserved attention. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's a really special show. And then, of course, Real Housewives of New York continues to be the gem in the Real Housewives franchise, Every season, these ladies really bring such a such compelling entertainment. Um, this season, we had the rise and fall and fall of Luann. Um, you know, she. Let me tell you a few things that Luann Delaseps did this season, Lucas. She. Her name is Della Sucks. Delaseps. She Della used Seps. to be a countess. Um, she is no longer. Um, <laughs> So (laughs) she got divorced um, from a man that she had known for like less than a year and a half. She um, went back to the the city that they got married in on Christmas Eve, got wasted out of her mind, hit a police officer, got arrested in a very public fashion, went to rehab, went... Back to New York City with all the girls. Um, the girls got into a boat wreck in Columbia. And she put on an entirely amazing cabaret show that was a huge success. Then um, got sued by her children and now is back in rehab. So it's been a whirlwind for Luann. And that's just one character that we've been following. See, that all just sounds sad. It, it <laughs> is. And yet... It's so compelling to watch because she is such a (laughs) fascinating human being. Um, And she's funny and, like, entertaining as well. You know, like, this isn't just, like, a sad person. She's, like, a vivacious, funny person. And in addition to all the other ladies that are also vivacious and funny and depressing and heartbreaking in all these different ways, you've had, like, two of, like, the heavy hitters of the show that were best friends for a long time feuding this whole season. And everyone who's watching the show gets to, like, be in on, like, whose team are you on? That is, like, such a way to get people really into your show is having, are you team Carol? Are you team Bethany? 
I can proudly say I'm Team Bethany for really specific <laughs> reasons that I can't get into right now because you won't understand them, Lucas. But I won't. I'll know nothing. <laughs> like I said, Real Housewives of New York continues to be amazing. They never let me down. Um, I'm I'm always fascinated by the women on that show. Are they your favorite housewives? 100%. Out of all of the shows? You know, there's so many housewives where as the women get older, um, the storylines get tired. You know, we've seen them fight and get back together and fight and get back together. And yet with the New York women, it truly gets better every single season. And I don't know how they do it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So this last question I have for you, Lucas, is, um, you know, very, very subjective, kind of just like what your sense is. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, there's so many different celebrities that get a bunch of a new attention during the summer. They have movie new movie stars are made um television stars are we get introduced to what celebrity do you think won the summer i think it's i think it's this one is hard because i don't think we'll know until later but i think my gut feeling is it, it could be colin kaepernick um he just got announced that he's headlining nike's 30th anniversary campaign yeah um which sounds amazing and i think says a lot about kind of what he's been doing um i think watching all of the hard work he's kind of put in over the last couple of years um not playing football um right. is really pays off and it's amazing and i think good things are going to come out of that and so i'm excited to see how that works um so he could be the the, the celebrity of the summer i think we'll see i think my other one is Oh my gosh, Henry Golding. Um, yeah, I think he came out of nowhere. I think everybody loves him. He stars in Crazy Rich Asians, and he's also going to be in what is that movie called with Blake? Lively? A Simple Favor. A Simple Favor. Yes, um, he's going to be in that as well. I think he's just in for some good things that we'll find out. Like, man, he really killed it this summer sure. <laughs> in the future. Yeah, I'm going to take the same route as you did and say first a Crazy Rich Asian star, and then sort of a, a not as obvious answer. Um, so the Crazy Rich Asian star that I think has kind of won the summer is Aquafina, um, mm -hmm. because not only did she have Crazy Rich Asians, but she also had Ocean's Eight this summer. So that's like a yep. a big year for her. And I think between those two movies, it's really introduced her to audiences as like a comedic force to remember. And I think we're gonna see her in a ton of comedies in years to come. I think. Um, this is like kind of like what Tiffany girls trip was for Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And how like what, a, you know, I can't go to the movie theater without seeing two or three trailers with Tiffany Haddish in them. Um, they're all bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I have hope for some of them. Um, have you seen the trailer for the new Ike Barinholtz movie that she's in? Uh, the Oath? Yes. Or yes. Some of, that, that looks interesting. That does that look does really look interesting. interesting. Um, and I think. You know, we also have to keep in mind that a lot of these movies that she that's coming out, um, she probably started doing like um, right after Girls Trip. You know, like yeah, the yeah. the wave of her popularity hadn't really hit by the time she was in production for those. You know what I mean? Right. So right. Um, I think the stuff that's coming out after this wave of her is going to be really compelling because... I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think Aquafina is going to have a similar wave coming towards her. Mm -hmm. um, but the other celebrity that I think is a little less, uh, you know, didn't have a big movie or anything coming out, technically didn't have any movie or music or anything <laughs> coming out this summer, but really has won the hearts of America, is Pete Davidson. Um 
Pete Davidson this summer went from being a very, very minor cast member on SNL to kind of being like, to being the fiance of one of the biggest pop stars in the world. Um, Who? Oh, Lucas. I don't, I don't know these things. Who's he this engaged is the, to? This is the most grandpa moment you've it had is. on the podcast. It is. Oh. I can't believe we're capturing this because oh, no. this is such a huge it's public thing. Big. Like it's been everywhere, Lucas. It's constantly being talked about. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. P. Davidson is engaged to Ariana Grande. What? Really? Lucas. How old is he? Oh, I've... they're both 24. Oh, my God. I can't oh. believe you didn't know this. No. This changes everything. I feel like we need to go back to all of our podcast episodes with the knowledge oh. that you didn't know that this was happening. How long have they been dating? It's <laughs> like, well, publicly since May. It's been a whole mystery, actually, about when they actually started dating. Um, but because they announced that they were a couple and then like two or three weeks later announced that they were engaged. Um, so it's been kind of this whole, there's a lot of mystery surrounding when did they actually start dating. And um, they have been just like a huge part of like celebrity gossip this whole summer. Um, wow. And because of that, P. Davidson has become really, really famous. Like P. Davidson was at Aretha Franklin's funeral because Ariana Grande was singing at it. He was at the VMAs. He was, you know, like he's a major celebrity now because of this. Um, and it kind of happened overnight. Wow. Lucas, I have so many links to send to you now analyzing the relationship of Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande that I've been reading. Mm, I'm uh, good. I'm good. No, too, too late. <laughs> I already sent them. Um, they also, like, a big part of, like, their rise to fame is that they were both very, like, public and affectionate with each other on their Instagrams. Um, Pete Davidson has since stopped using Instagram, but at the beginning, they were both constantly, like, posting photos of the other and commenting on pictures. And, like, it was a very, very public affair. Um, And it caused Pete's celebrity factor to go way up. Okay. Well, uh, good to know. Yeah. I'm I'm out of it apparently. I'm done. Really, I'll wrap it up. <laughs> I really can't believe it. Like I'm my jaw is still on the floor. No, there's, I have no clue. There's no way we can come back from that. So I think it's time for us to wrap this episode up. Lucas, yep. <laughs> where can people find you? Even though I bet you're not even on the internet, it's apparently. Um, yeah, but- you can write me a physical letter um, <laughs> at Lucas and stuff on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely people, I guess, if there's news that I'm missing, if um, someone famous dies, if, you know, important things happen, let me know because yeah. I'll miss it. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, you can find me on all social platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find our podcast Twitter account at Feeling It Pod. Um, let us know what your favorite things for the summer are. We'd love to hear them, especially movies, any specific movies we might have missed. Um, we're, all, we're, keeping, we're getting our list ready for the end of the year already, so um, get, let us know what we missed and have, yes. a, have a good time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Yeah. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 